Welcome, 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 gorgeous one. You are in the zone of Spiritpreneur School with Aviola Abrams. This is an ordained conversation with the magical and mystical Ms. Ananda of Digital Sisterhood. Spiritpreneur School is all about taking our self-love to self-launch. This is the place to come to answer your calling, step into your greatness, and stop playing small. This is an empowerment podcast for conscious entrepreneurs that I created just for you. So if you are a spirited business person who is conscious and heart-centered, then you are in the right place. Our guests range from CFOs to professional creatives. These mostly women are brilliant thinkers who have overcome challenges to live out loud. So let me tell you about today's guest. I'm so excited. This is my sister from way back in the digital universe. We first connected on MySpace. This is the reached out to me on MySpace, and we have been digital sisters ever since. The best way to describe Ms. Ananda, Kiyamsha, Madeline, Leek, is with a six-word memo, yoga plus creativity plus internet geek equals Ananda Leek. Leek is a lawyer turned Jill of many trades. She is an entrepreneur, author, artist, coach, digital communications professional, and yoga teacher. And it's interesting, as I read her bio, I'm feeling like, wow, I guess she's probably one of the first people that modeled for me how to to be a, a multi-hyphenate digital sister. Very interesting. I just realized that. Currently, she serves as CEO of Ananda Leak Media, a digital social enterprise company that provides value to clients through digital citizenship, communications, sisterhood, and wellness. Her clients include AARP, Blogalicious, BlogHer, Everywhere Agency, Carrot Cakery, Macy's, and so much more. Welcome to Spiritpreneur School, Ananda. Thank you, Aviola, and hello to all your amazing listeners. How are you today? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, the, the beautiful thing that Ananda pointed out to me before we began is that we are talking on what is Social Media Day, and so it is the perfect time and perfect place as usual. So, Ananda, what did you think when I was, you know, we both remembered that we connected through MySpace originally, and what were you doing at that time so many years ago when we connected? And build us a bridge for how you got from there to here. All right. I love your multi-layered question. You think just like me. <laughs> so I'm going to take the first the first part, and if I forget, I will um, ask for, like, help. And I've got uh, you back. I've got you. Yeah, I know you do. So I think at the time, you know, when I, when I first joined MySpace in 2005 or 2006, it's been over 10 years that we've been connected. I think you were using the word goddess. And yes, I was. And because you were using the word goddess, that is what really attracted me because my art uh, that I had been working with for about 10 years at that time, I was creating wire sculpture goddesses. And I was really deep into 
goddess art, spirituality, um, the mythology behind it. And I know I was a try. I know I remember that. And also that you were in New York. And I love uh, people in New York. I like the energy. Um, and then I realized that um, you're. Your film work, your um, your columns, your relationship columns, all of what you were doing uh, really resonated with me. And you were working with women. I mean, you were just starting, and so that that really made me say, "Hmm, I need to I need to pay attention to this sister." So that's that's how I first connected with you. Now. What was the second question? <laughs> so the second part was draw for us, build for us the bridge of how you got to where you were in 2005 to everything that you've done um, okay. until, yeah, so far. Because you, you're a multi-hyphenate, and so someone may be listening and be like, wait, a lawyer, a coach, an author, or this, a yogi, you know, yogini. Okay. You know, it just may seem like so much. So just build us the bridge of, of, of your it is. <laughs> it is. It, it is. So... <laughs> And all of it, I walk with it. Uh, let me say this: that I'll give the short, short version of how how all of that manifested. Um, I grew up thinking from the time I was sixteen till twenty twenty something, like late twenties, that I was going to be a lawyer. And when I finished law school, I had the law degree. Um, Took the bar exam many, many times, eight times in a row, failed uh, each time. That was four years of my life. And that was the beginning of my spiritual journey because I had to recalibrate and surrender, lots of lessons in surrender. And that was during the time that I discovered my voice as a poet and as a writer, and that's when I was deepening my spirituality uh, my healthy living, that was the first time in my life that I had a break. Um, right after law school, I worked and then could not find a job during Daddy Bush's administration. It took about 18 months. And during that time, my bohemian spirit, the artist, um, the spiritual person, the person who loved yoga, manifested. And so... I continued to work in, in um, legal kind of finance jobs and um, got into a, an investment banking firm that was all about social good. I thought I had finally found the place where I was going to stay, and that opportunity closed up about 18 months after I started, which threw me into another break in my life where I had to go back and reevaluate who I was and what I was doing. And in between that time, I discovered yoga. Um, I discovered um, that being in the fast-paced uh, careers of law and investment banking, because I ended up in that, that they weren't healthy for me. And I ended up in a nonprofit, and that's where I was able to um, settle myself really figure out what was important to me. I was able to deal with the health challenge with uh, fibroids, which were directly related to some of the career choices that I made and the stress um, that I didn't realize I had I created. You know, some of our choices sometimes 
at least for me, manifest in our bodies. And it was through trying to understand the five-word healing process that I got deeper into, I want to be a yoga teacher. I want to learn how to do Reiki. I want to go deeper in my art as a healing artist. And I want to write about characters that are involved in some kind of healing. And the characters from my first novel showed up while I was doing all of this. The opportunity to become a yoga teacher showed up. And I had time now because I worked in a non-demanding non-profit job. Um, And I really was able to explore. I was able to travel. I was able to learn how to manage my money. Made less than what I had before. But I learned, not but, and I learned, because I'm learning to get rid of the word but. And I learned that Money is a wonderful energy, and it's a piece of what abundance is. And I'm still learning this, everybody. I'm still learning this. I was able to see that the quality of my life was directly connected to my consciousness. And I grew up Catholic, and during this whole time, I uh, made a decision to leave the Catholic Church, and I walked into a new thought church, Unity of Washington, D.C., which is, if you read the Daily Word, it's a it's a Daily Word kind of church. And it's a non-denominational church, which really focuses on you having the power within you, the spirit is within you, and you're a co-creator with creator, whether you call it God, Goddess, Buddha, Allah. Um, it is your responsibility to connect with this energy and to um, to be still and know and to listen and to know your value and know your worth. And I'm still working on those, those pieces because that really is what has driven me in my healing and, and all of the wonderful gifts that I've been able to express. I'm, I'm 50... One now, in six months I'll be 52, and I am a continuous learner who is uh, really appreciative now of all of the choices that I've made and where it has landed me. And we'll we'll get back into um, more as we as we talk. But what's the third question? <laughs> I'm like, you made me like cough on my water here. Um, wait, I need a, a moment. Wait a minute. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> so my my next question, actually, there was just so much in there. I'm I'm here like furiously like taking notes, and a lot of what you said really hit an emotional chord for me. Like just. I just feel so aligned with your journey. Now, I was thinking as you're talking, Ananda, and I was remembering back what the uh, what things were like back in 2005. Um, you talk about like you know the the journey to healthy living and coaching and yoga and all of those things right now are so commonplace. But you reminded me when you said you know I was talking about goddess at the time, which at the time, which as as you recall, like. Back then, it was kind of fringe, 
and very new age and very like weird and like all of us like weird girls mm-hmm. kind of got together. You know, um, now it's more common. Now you see it more commonly. How did you have the courage to, you know, coming from a corporate background, you know, highly educated, um, how did you find this world even initially? Uh, Unity churches are, are my favorite churches. There are two uh, that I've attended in New York. There's one in Harlem um, on 8th Avenue and 116th Street, and there's another in 59th and Columbus Circle that I really like. How did you come to this? How did this universe, or how did it find you to begin with? It, um, Unity first found me while I was in law school. My cousin Michelle gave me the gift of a daily word subscription and kept giving it to me. Um, our, her grandmother, my great aunt, uh, was a devout reader of daily word. And so I knew about it and I was reading it. I didn't realize that there was a DC based church. Like I, I had read it for many years, utilized the, um, the helpline, especially during when I was failing the bar, when I couldn't find a job, I would because it was free. I would call and cry and get it out, and they would pray with me. <laughs> it it was powerful. I learned about affirmations through them. Uh, one of my first first um, experiences with a mastermind group, and he he was a mentor he is a mentor and really helped me start to apply truth principles to my life he's little he um he had gone to the unity of washington dc in in dc and he had a um toastmasters group as well as a mastermind group and i was a part of both and this was like in 1992 this is the oh, first wow. year that i that i declared myself as an artist i had taken the name Kiamsha, which is that which awakens me in Swahili. I had um, made a conscious decision that I was going to try the bar one more time, and then after that I was going to go to Berkeley and be a hippie and do a publishing program at at, um, at Stanford. And that was the, that was where I was. I was giving myself like maybe six or seven months because I was, I was done. I was ready to just be. Yes. And to leave all that law stuff behind because it was clear that it wasn't it wasn't working the way that I thought and and I had finally gotten to a place where my mom says you'll you'll stop doing something when you are when you are done don't stop until you are done and it's finally you hear that voice and you say hey I'm 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 done and I surrendered and so it was during that time that I found my voice as a poet that I published, I self-published my first collection of poetry with the support of some great folks um, that I met through the Mastermind Group. They had a printing office. Uh, went down like late at night. They printed it out for me. Um, it just was an amazing time. I became a vegetarian at that time because that was that's what I was called to do. Um, I was really aware of my Saturn return, which I know was getting into astrology. I started going to a free Buddhist meditation. I mean, y'all, I was out there. I was doing the do. The bohemian, the black bohemian <laughs> life, I was doing it. 
I was doing it. I felt like Freddie sometimes on a different world. Like, you know, I would go to Yoruba temples. I went to Native American events. You know, I, whatever, wherever spirit was, I was probably there. I at one point accepted being a Muslim, um, changed my mind three days later because I realized, hey, the issues with women were too much. And that's not a disrespect to Islam because I, I found that the Quran, while I was failing the bar and taking it, that that was one of the things that chilled me out and gave me great peace. So I, I always honor that. Um, but it was not for me as a as a spiritual practice, a long-term spiritual practice. So I know I'm jumping around, but I, not but, hand. Um, I just, I feel that that time I set in motion who who I am. And and I I was able to have time to cultivate and honor awareness of spirit. And I'm just really grateful that I had that time because it I would be a totally different person if I did have that time. And I I just don't know where my life would have been if I hadn't had those experiences that laid a foundation for me. And I would say to anybody who is going through, I know it's not easy, but if you can still yourself through your breath and, and, and settle yourself in, you can listen and if you can follow. You know, and you ask me, where did I get the, the courage to, to do that? I, I got it from spirit. I got it from my ancestors. I got it from just having a strong sense of myself that my parents gave me, my grandparents gave me. I got it from just being a stubborn badass at times. I was just like, I'm going to do it. I've always had my own mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, Ananda, that a beautiful thread in your story is this simultaneous dichotomy between determination and surrender. Determination and surrender, which is, you know, just such a beautiful allegory for so many things in life. And thank you for sharing, so being, being so open about how often you had to take the bar and going back and going back and going back. And I love your mother's, uh, your mother's, kind of mandate that you, you'll, what was, it, what was it, you'll stop when you're finished? You'll stop when you know. You'll stop when it, when you're done. You don't you'll stop when you're done. You, yeah, you'll stop when you've had, when you feel like you've done it to the best of your ability, you know. Now, did folks in your life think that you were crazy, being that, like, yoga wasn't so popular and now you're a vegetarian and you're saying you wanted to be a coach? Of course they did. Of course they did. Of course there were some people, and I will say this, everybody does not deserve a front seat in, a, does not deserve a seat in your front row. And that is paraphrased from Mama Iyanla and that. And um, I'm thinking that it comes from, comes from her. It could could be from Dr. Maya Angelou. I don't know, but I remember. I think I heard 
Mama Ianla say that at one of her trainings. Um, yeah, I I definitely had people who thought I was out there. Uh, there are probably still people who feel that way, but I'll say this. When you stand in the fullness of who you are, whether you know completely, but when you start standing in it, even if it's just for a second, there's something about that energy that will um, will give people space to show up as they truly are, and you get to see who they are. Like my mom always says, when you move to another level, people show their asses. Excuse my friends. They, they show you who they are. And as Dr. Angelou said to Oprah, or said to Oprah, when people show you who they are the first time, believe them. Amen. <laughs> And that's kind of how that, yeah, my circle, my circle definitely changed. Um, it changed a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I, I wanted you to share that because one of the things that I think keeps a lot of people back in our tribe, you know, we have a lot mm-hmm. of people-pleasing energy, you know? So those mm-hmm. of us who are light workers, we, we, we want to make people happy. And so, a lot of people are concerned with, okay, well, what will my family think? What will my mother think? What will, you know, this person think or that person think? And it stops them from moving forward in their calling and their purpose. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, when you decided to build your business, what did it look like? What is the business of someone saying, okay, well, what, oh, okay. what does she do? What is What does she offer? It started as um, I had so many different versions of a business. Um, in 1992, it started as Sunsum Communications. And Sunsum is a Andinkra symbol, Ghanaian Andinkra symbol that means the soul. And I told you, I was there. <laughs> and and we're all, we're was, all right there with you, so. <laughs> yeah, I was there, y'all, and I still am. It, the purpose of Sunsum Communications was to publish my my writing, and that was 1992. 1994, I published another book of of poetry, I Am My Sister's Keeper, and then 1995, I published another one, Uh, and 96 and 97, I did some workbooks that were spiritual workbooks, women's creativity workbooks in the late 90s, early 2000s, and... um, it, it opened up the door for another piece to be called Madeline Design, which was my part of the company that represented my wire sculptures because I started making wire sculptures in 1995. So I had two different things going on. By 1996, I realized that um, I needed to I needed to formalize some things, and it took me a minute because I opened up a bank account. Um, underneath Madeline Design. And then maybe like three or four years later, I think it was 2000, I decided that I would be Kiamsha.com LLC. And that was because the Internet was a big thing for me at that time. I got my first website, and I was putting myself out there as a speaker, as a workshop facilitator, as an artist, and as a as a writer. And I was doing art shows and talking and doing all kinds of great stuff. So I 
BecameCamps.com LLC. And then, like many things, um, you know, I decided that I didn't know what I was doing anymore. I mean, I was still doing the art. I was still doing the writing, but not. But there was a a bigger piece that was coming, and I made room for it. Kept the business name, but I let go of the website, and I started writing a novel. And it, it took a life of its own. And in the writing of the novel, um, I became a yoga teacher, which created another level of this business. I mean, I had I had so many things. Everybody, it was it took another couple of years and working with my attorney Lauren Medlock Smith to finally get me to focus and bring it all under one umbrella and to understand, like, what are the different arms of things. But I was a yoga teacher. Uh, I am a yoga teacher. I became a yoga teacher. Then I became a Reiki practitioner, and I just kept throwing things underneath and naming them different things. Like, it was KG Yoga um, Life Practices because it was all of that. Then creativity coaching came into it. So... I, it looked, my life coach, Yael Flussberg, I have to give a shout-out to, when I started working with her in 2007, she was like, and you look online like you are schizophrenic. Um, <laughs> it was so much stuff. I had blogs. I had all kinds of things. And so I worked with Yael for a couple years to surrender. It was hard for me to let go. And... Um, it just was really hard. And I became a nondelete.com, which is the website. And in making that choice, I was able to kind of bring everything underneath one one, uh, one umbrella. And then Anandalik Media has morphed since then. That happened like in 2013. But it's been a journey. And I didn't have a plan, everybody. I just, I let the universe and what I was doing guide me. I've never done business planning deeply. I've had strategy meetings. I've talked to people. I've attended entrepreneurial training like in the early 90s and got a certificate. I understand all of those different things. But as far as like how, if you were to ask me, did I did I set it up that way? I've had a bank account. I've got an accountant. Um, you know, I filed my taxes as a solo pr- practitioner, a solo entrepreneur. Is that the word? I should know it, but you, you guys know what I'm trying so, to talk uh, about. Um, a sole a sole practitioner, sole practitioner. Yeah, sole practitioner, and I've also filed as an LLC and um, making some choices now to go back to being a sole practitioner. So, um, you know, I've jumped back and forth. Right now, if you ask me, what is my business? Um, I've kind of taken a hiatus on a number of things, and my business model. I know I don't know if that's in the, in the question, but I'm just going to yeah. go ahead and jump out and share it. Yeah. My business model has always been. Um, I, I've had almost always. I've had two opportunities or three opportunities where I went out on my own completely. Like there was no other income from a full time position at somebody else's organization or business, and. The first time I did it, um, I had to step back into the, I made the decision to step back into um, 
a full-time experience. Um, I was not able to sustain myself spiritually and emotionally. I had another opportunity um, right after the investment banking firm closed in 97 to do that, and I went full force, but I went through a big chunk of my assets, and I almost lost where I live. It wasn't like they were coming after me, but I was getting tired to the place where I don't want to have to deal with um, condo, condo fee, mortgage, repairs, all these other things. And uh, an opportunity stepped up in the nonprofit world, and I was able to uh, make another choice, and I needed health insurance, and I did. And at that point, I decided that I would build my business while I worked full-time. And that model seemed to work. It not seemed, it worked for me because I, I stayed in a nonprofit job for 13 years, and that was one of my most productive times. That's when I wrote three books. That's when I, you know, traveled. That's when I spoke. That's, that's speaking fees. You know, I was Reiki practitioner. I had clients, yoga and Reiki, coaching clients. And that's where I found my comfort level. And I also discovered that, and I, I want to say this because I had a conversation with a, a fellow entrepreneur who started working at a full-time position this year, and I want to say to folks that there's so many ways to be an entrepreneur. And some people do it full force, but that's what they do. Some people do part-time in some place and full-time entrepreneur. Some people do full-time in, in an outside place and also in their own business. You have to figure out what works best for you. Um, and, and there's no right or wrong way, you know. It is what works for you at that time, and you don't have to justify it. I mean, all you have to do is honor it. Um, yes. Something that I'm, I've been learning, um, I may have gotten off track, but, yeah, so my, my current business model is that I work full-time as the digital communications director for law students and courts, an organization I worked with when I was in law school. And um, coming up on celebrating a year there, it's been fantastic because I teach a weekly, most weeks, I teach a weekly uh, wellness class, and we do online, off, well, not online, we do office yoga, we do mindful meditation. I get to do social media. I have full creative control. Uh, and I'm talking about issues that are of importance to me, from social justice to what's happening with Black Lives Matter to women's rights to criminal justice, housing, things happening in D.C. So, yeah, that's where I'm at for now. And I do a little speaking, and I will say that I do a little coaching. I've done a little bit of yoga and a little bit of Reiki. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad that you shared that, Ananda, because I have often had coaching clients, you know, almost in despair, be like, you know, they, they, I remember one woman, she says to me, but, you know, and I, I don't want to leave my job. And she was so relieved when I said, well, then you don't have to leave your job. And she said, well, another coach I'd spoken to said that I had to leave my job. I said, no, it, the point of being an entrepreneur is that you make it fit into your life. You don't fit mm -hmm. into 
that you're not trying to fit yourself into someone else's picture. And so, you know, however it works for you, it works for you. And so that sounds great because, you know, if that's the way that you're able to, to, to not only sustain yourself and sustain your life, but also to thrive, then that is a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so with your, you know, like most entrepreneurs, your road has been very windy and twisty, uh, and I know that we live absolutely without regret. But if you were doing it differently today, how would you how would you advise someone with your interest to build her business? Wow, I would um, I would say I don't, I wouldn't change my road. But if you not but since you asked the question. Um, how would I advise someone? I would say take some time to get to know yourself and strengthen yourself from the inside out. That is, that is, it, it, when you know yourself from the inside out, and whatever your spiritual practice is, whatever it is, strengthen it. And your emotional, you don't have to be perfect. Just get a, get a grip. And a group could be a number of things, but have a spiritual practice. That is going to that's going to serve you in all areas of your life, and that's that's really what I I really believe. Like when we're whatever we're called to do in our work and service to others, because that's what it is for me. And sharing our gifts, whether it's it's related to you know the energy of money. Or if it's related to this, this is a community service that you do, or a family service. It, it comes in so many different ways. Get to know the spirit within yourself, the person within. Get to know what your emotional issues are. You know, get to know them. So, Ananda, someone's listening, and she says, how do I do that? Can you share with us maybe what your personal self-care practice is? Mm-hmm. Sure. There are many ways to do it. I would say if you can if you can take the time, whether it's in the morning, the evening, maybe it's afternoon, but to take some time to, to, to be still. Slow yourself down. And just be available. Make yourself available. And start with the breath. And then inhale. Take seven deep breaths to kind of clear yourself. Inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. And let the haws, when you're exhaling, like, ah, blow out the stuff that is stopping you from being present. Maybe it's in the bathroom stall, because I'm going to be real. Maybe it's, yes. it's as you're walking. Maybe it's in the car. Maybe it's on the subway. Maybe it's as soon as you get into the office. Maybe it's as soon as you wake up. I don't know. Maybe it's as you're if you're making lunch or dinner or breakfast for your family or yourself. Maybe it's waiting in line at the bank. It's so we have so many opportunities to check in through our breath. But if you can do that, you got five minutes. Mm. If you can do that, it's not about being in meditation. For me, it's not about being in meditation for 30 minutes. If I can give myself five minutes to just open myself up, and maybe you just start with, Spirit, thank you. 
what is it that I what is it that I need to to know, think, say, and do? And I'm borrowing this from somebody. I don't know who. Of course, it, of course, in miracles. From yeah, thank you, miracles. thank you, Marianne. Yeah, Marianne Williamson. Thank you. Um, asking, asking a question and allowing spirit to answer, not in that moment, but just letting it sit. That is a big thing. Journaling is another thing you can try. Asking the question as you journal. I know with with some of my greatest revelations has come by doing what Julia Cameron from The Art of Journey yes. has talked about with the artist pages, the morning pages. Um, giving giving yourself time to be be with spirit. That's one thing. Slowing yourself down. And and I know that, you know, we many of us live at a very, very fast pace. Um, there is a book it is it is escaping me, but my friend Julia uh, just reminded me about it. It's by a woman named Sarah and she has all of these things in the book about like spending a day in bed. I know you know who I'm talking about because she calls women goddesses. Is it Sarah Brick Bannon? I'm trying to remember. Send I can't me, remember, but what I will send, send it me the to book you. And I'll, I'll link to it. I'll link to okay, it on but, at sacredbombshell.com under your interview. Yeah, I'll link to that. And I I'll would definitely that. do that. Well, one of the um, things that I got from that book was like taking a day once a month to just or half of a day to just stay in my PJs and chill. And that chill could be watching. I think you're talking about Sarah Ben Ben Backton. I may be mispronounced. I know I'm butchering mm-hmm. her name from Simple Abundance. I think that's who you're talking about. Maybe that's her. I, I will. I will um, definitely let you know. But that really gave me space. Taking a day like a Saturday, even if I'm just if I'm binge watching Soul Food, my my mind is just like out there, and it's like. You know, I just don't have to move except to go to the bathroom, get something to eat, and just chill. Uh, I hope that helps your your reader, I mean your audience, um, your listener, taking a I walk think, in nature. Yes, yes, walking in nature. Morning pages, as you said. Girl, morning pages saved my life so many times. I actually re- started doing them again about six weeks ago because I found myself feeling unfocused and when I get up you know that extra half an hour early and write out those you know three three pages or 30 minutes whichever comes first I do I feel so much more clear during the day and to me it's journal it's journal therapy and it's, it's journaling meditation as well yeah yeah I, I also want to say too is if you can if you can create some space in your home so that it could be a corner Maybe it's in the closet. One of my good friends cleaned out her closet and created a prayer room on one side. That's where she goes. Beautiful. I look like brilliant. Brilliant. Beautiful. You don't have to be as, as intense as I with having my 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 apartment painted in all the colors of the chakras and having a, a pink room with purple doors and... That's for love and spirituality, having a bathroom, light blue, having a kitchen, you know, the colors of different chakras, the living room, yoga area. You know, it's that sounds amazing. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. 
you know, but to me that was really important that I that I do that because that is that was where my consciousness was going and is. And it really it shifts it shifts my energy, you know. Sorry to interrupt, Ananda. Are there pictures of your home online? That sounds absolutely um, um, I got some on my home office desk, but I don't share, like, a lot. There are some things. But if you'd like me to send you some stuff, like my altar, I'm happy to do that. Like, I'll, that I'll share. That would be beautiful. That would yeah. be beautiful. I would like to post them along with this. Thank you. That that would be beautiful. I, I understand. I've had to put up boundaries uh, as well, and so I don't share yeah. as much online as I used to. Yeah. Let's talk about abundance, Ananda. Uh Let's talk about, you you mentioned, you know, the spirituality of money, and that is such an important Mm -hmm. part of this conversation, you know, for us as spiritpreneurs, as light workers, Mm -hmm. the healers, the artists, the Mm -hmm. creative people, you know, so many of us have those blocks around money and abundance. Mm -hmm. Can you please talk just just about what your experience is and your thoughts in that area? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I've always been fascinated with money since I had my first job when I was 12 as a paper girl. And I was introduced to having my own money through my mom when I wanted to go shopping uh, in junior high. And I wanted more things than what my parents were willing to to provide. She said, get a job. And she made a, a reference to become a paper girl. So I was controlling my own money. She said, if you make that money, it's your money, it's your independence. So I've always had a heavy fascination and obsession <laughs> with yes. money. And, um, you know, in my 20s, it was amass as much as you can. I mean, I, I turned I turned 20-something 20, 20 in, in the 80s and... Wall Street and all that other energy was going on at that time that people don't remember or they weren't around. Maybe they were babies. Um, but that's what, that's how I rocked and I rolled. Uh, and there's a big part of me, the recovering person that is a recovering attorney, investment banker, that still has to, like, have conversations with that part of me. It's it's good, but then I have to, like, pull her back. Uh, so... Money has always been an area where I've learned, and abundance, total different thing, man. And I'm still unwrapping that gift of understanding of what abundance is. When I first started to pick it apart was when I didn't have the money that I thought I should have based on the education and the training. And... I was looking outside of spirit as my source. And I've had that lesson many times. I, it is a life lesson that I've had. And I was looking to a job, a career, a title to determine what my abundance was and is. And I've had to do without in the dollar um, the dollar place to get an understanding of what abundance is. And for me, what I started to realize is that abundance is um, healthy, harmonious relationship with spirit in myself and my family, my friends, uh, significant others, 
uh, my neighbors, everybody and everything in the universe is abundant. Um, my health is my abundance, my creativity. I, I had to expand what abundance meant and means, and I'm still expanding that. And that happened through surrender, and I'm I'm grateful that you mentioned how it's been a dance between determination and surrender. I hadn't thought about it like that and helped <laughs> clarify some things. Uh, and to start to slow down to look at how is abundance manifesting in my life? You know, there's I'm I am miss it is it is a miracle for me to step outside and see the sunny sky or the rain to to walk in it. You know, and to really breathe it in and to smell summer. You know, I have those moments where it's just like, Oh my God, God is this is incredible. And then there's this thing called abundance that happens when I go to Ann Taylor Lofts, which is one of my favorite places to shop. And I get to try on all the clothes. I have them <laughs> <laughs> And I don't buy a thing. And then there's the days where I, I cop a great sale at Ann Taylor Loft, where I get something from Ann Taylor Loft that I just wanted to have. You know, it could be a yoga class. It could be a downward-facing dog or... Like this morning, I was grateful that I have one of these long pillows um, that people use um, for their yes, back. Yeah, body things. pillows. Yes. Yeah, a body pillow. So I use it just as a bed rest. And I I doubled it on my yoga mat because in the morning, I wake up with lower back um, needs. That it, my lower back needs to be stretched. And so I did a child pose with that on my yoga mat. And I saw the sun coming through. And it was just like, now that's abundance. Does it get any better? Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's like it's like it's my art. It's it's this conversation. It's like wow. Yes. You know, it's a cup yes. of green tea. Like I, I, I'm, it's talking to my niece Jordan. It's it's having my parents still alive. You know, and talking yes. to them, seeing them, being with. With with groovy people, yeah, getting a text message from somebody, you know, that I haven't heard from, or somebody that um, maybe somebody that I just met, all of that. Beautiful. Well said. Well said. Well, thank you. We are coming actually on the end of our conversation, and I can't believe it, but the, because there are a couple of other things that I want to just touch on briefly before we go. I feel like this has become like a really beautiful conversation about sacred self-care and recovery and self-love and, you know, all of those mm -hmm. magical things that you're about. So, you know, thank you. I wanted to talk, okay, actually very briefly about the importance of speaking power over your life, uh, and this just actually came directly from you correcting yourself, which I love, uh, and saying that you're focusing on not saying but so much, but saying and. Can you tell us the difference and the importance and why you're making that change and, and you know, the power of words? Okay, so the reason I'm doing it is I'm taking a, a class on the – Foundations of the Universal Law at my church, Unity of Washington, D.C., and the teacher, Reverend Beth, has 
in correcting us and telling us that when you're saying but, you are limiting spirit and allows for space. A&D allows for space. But shuts it out. It limits it. And even the sound of but. I'm just learning. I'm like listening to myself saying but. It, and, it, and it negates what you, when you say I am, I am is, the, those are two of the most powerful words you can say. That is spirit. I am fabulous, but you just negated the fabulousness that you claim. And so our words create who we are and what we experience. Your thoughts create your world. That's what I believe. In the beginning was the word, and the word was. You can fill in the rest of it, everyone who knows it. And if you don't, it's a, it's a big piece of Christianity, not to, to put it out there. But that's yeah. something like our words really do create our world. At least it creates mine. And I'm making a conscious effort in the next 50. Because I say I'm going to be here for 100 and something. And the next 50 to be even more conscious of what I'm saying and thinking. So that it reflects who creator made me to be. That I actually experience fully being a spiritual being living a human experience. And that's a lot to take on. And I've got a lifetime to experience it and to learn from it. Yes. So all of us who are listening, we're going to uh, take up that gauntlet as well. I know that I will. And and <laughs> and you're right. Mm-hmm. And has such an inclusive and open and expansive feeling rather than but. And so I will be conscious of that in my word word play, my word manifestation, my casting of spells. As I believe every word we speak is a spell that we're casting over our lives. I will be very conscious of that. Thank you for that lesson. And so. Ananda, two things, you know, before we go. The first is the books that you self-published in the 90s sound absolutely delicious, and so I don't know if you're considering adding them, republishing them with your current offerings, but if you did, I would definitely snap them up. They sounded wonderful, especially that workbook for women. Any thoughts on republishing them? I will say yes like Shonda Rhimes has done for a whole year. So I will say yes and put it out there. (laughs) Yes, yes. And your wire sculptures, are those, are are you presently giving birth to any new wire sculptures? My sister is a visual artist. My my family, I come from a family of writers and artists, and so I love and appreciate everything you're doing. Wire sculptures, are they, tell us what's happening I, with that. I will tell you that now that you've mentioned them, I will say yes to that and to paintings. So at some point, in 2015, it will it, they will manifest. Right now, <laughs> let's say they're baking in the creative oven. Yeah. Yes, I will, I will receive this. Yes, they're they're gestating, Ananda. That I've recently started doing this work that I'm really excited about. I have a new deck of affirmation cards called "Women Manifesting 
fertility goddess affirmation cards because I'm drawing a parallel between fertility that women have, you know, um, conception, gestation, birth, and nurturing, and the same as like us manifesting our dreams. And so your wire sculptures right now are in gestation. <laughs> yeah, and I and I will add to your card because I know that you believe in Oshun and 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 they're overseeing them as well as Lakshmi and, and Saraswati and yes. uh, some others. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been uh, an ordained conversation, Ananda. Please yes. let our spiritpreneurs know where they can find you throughout the digital, digital universe. All right, everybody. So I've made it easy uh, thanks to... <laughs> A number of years of, of getting it down to one space and one name. You can find me at A as in Apple, N as in Nancy, A as in Nancy, D as in David, A, and then L as in love, E as in energy, E as in energy, K as in keep, E as in energy, dot com. And I'm a non league on every single platform. My favorite is Instagram. That's where you'll see me uh, doing different things. You'll That's where you get the first glimpse of me saying yes to these creative experiences that my sister, Aviola, has helped me to bring out and verbalize the books, the art, and uh, Twitter is another place. And I show up on Facebook periodically and LinkedIn periodically. So, yeah, and I'm on YouTube. You name it, I'm on it. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on Periscope. I make appearances every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful, sis. Absolutely beautiful. I may be going to the Virginia area either Mm -hmm. later, sometime later in the summer. So I will let you know and and maybe our paths can physically cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, because it's been a minute since we've seen each other, and I know that I'll I'll be in New York at some point because my, my niece Jordan is there. Shout out to Jordan, graduate of Pratt Institute, class of yes. 2016. Go, Jordan. Um, yeah, she's in Brooklyn, so um, probably gave more information that I shouldn't have given, but <laughs> I didn't say her last name. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I will be I will be through New York before um the end of the fall. So we'll we'll okay. see that. Okay, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Well thank you so much for this extremely inspiring conversation, Ananda. You are so appreciated. And you're such a shining bright light on this planet and I'm it is an honor to know you, my sister. An honor to know you. I received everything that you shared and the energy and the love. I affirm your highest and greatest good. Keep doing what you're doing and know that I got your back. Namaste. Oh, <laughs> thank you, sis. I'm hormonal today. You're like making me cry over here. Thank you. <laughs> I receive that. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yes. Amen. I say. And. For you, my darling spiritpreneur who are listening, if no one has told you today, I love you, love you, love you. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, and you can find us at spiritpreneur.net and sacredbombshell.com. And if no one has told you today, I absolutely love you, as I said. Dream bigger. Love yourself. Bye.